Hello, my name is Melanie Clark, and this is the podcast where I give my shiny two cents about life, love, and all of the above. You are now tuned in to Vodka Melonade. Let me pour you a glass. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Vodka Melanade. Oh, boy. Let's see. Where do I want to begin this week? Where do I want to begin? I know. Okay, first of all, actual Vodka Melanade. Hold, please. That's where we're going to start. <laughs> so, this week, oh, man, kind of uneventful, which I like, you know, I mean... So I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I set up, I probably did mention it, but I'll, I'll, I'll revisit it again. So I, um, requested work off for the 8th of January, um, because naturally I saw this guy on TikTok. He said, um, if you have the time and you're able to, you know, take off work that day, then you will have four, three day weekends off in a row because uh, Christmas weekend we had three days off New Year's Eve weekend we had three days off and then I threw in the eighth for the third week uh three-day weekend off and now we have Martin Luther King Day tomorrow which is yet another three-day weekend off now which that shortens you know your work weeks which is awesome but then it's like extra great because once I get through this week next week I start my vacation next Thursday for my birthday so I mean I'm trying to enjoy all these little little extra days I'm getting off for the month of January and it's really nice and it's really nice because I I'm sure a lot of people can relate like it's nice to have you know your weekends off you know but you only have two of those days so sometimes you know I I overextend myself I overbook myself I end up having a lot of things to do both Saturday and Sunday and then you know you're right back to work on Monday and I feel like I I don't when it when the weekend is set up like that I don't have enough time to just rot away in my apartment by myself like I don't get enough alone time to just recharge and get ready for the new week even if what I had on my schedule was something just completely fun and I had a blast and I saw my family and I was out with blue like whatever it is if I don't have sufficient time to just be alone and just be a lump on a log I can feel it going into the next week I can tell when my battery is not fully charged again so you know it was great having like the holiday weekends off but a lot of that time was spent with family I didn't necessarily get to use that time to my advantage however um last weekend I definitely got enough recharge time this weekend I actually worked a little overtime at work on Saturday which is unusual um but I had today and I'm gonna have tomorrow so I know I'm gonna be good to go Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely feel the difference if I don't get that time. It's, it's, it's very, very important to not respond to a whole lot of texts, to not be on social media a whole lot, catch up on some shows, you know, I'm still 
powering through and enjoying thoroughly Game of Thrones and I got some new video games I've been trying to conquer lately and it's just really nice to just be in my own little bubble and not have to like set an alarm for anything get ready for anything everything is just good so I definitely feel recharged over the last couple of weekends and then I know after I take time off I'll be off work from a week for a week um starting my birthday weekend which is the 27th so I can't speak for time off and what I'll have off after that. I think President's Day is in February, so I guess that's like an extra day off. But in any case, I'm just soaking up any little additional time I have away from the office because it's getting a little hectic these days. (laughs) Um, You know, my mom always says like, you know, the pressure gets turned up like you just start really feeling that that pressure build up when you feel like you're ready to move on like career wise even relationship wise or just anything really like things just start like shit just starts to hit the fan and it becomes almost unbearable right before things are about to like change for you you know it's like I don't know like you're just getting poked and poked and poked and poked and poked till you just you're about to explode and then that's when the shift happens and I truly believe in that I felt it before and I'm feeling it now so definitely looking forward to what is up and coming for me in my next little chapter of my life um so we'll see how that goes and I'll definitely um let you guys know what's going on with that as it unfolds obviously (laughs) All right, so one thing I did this week, uh, Blue and I watched the movie (sighs) Saltburn. (laughs) It is a new movie. Um, It was in the theaters, but it's streaming now on Amazon Prime if you have it. Like, you don't have to rent it or anything. It's just on there, good to go if you have Prime. And I'd seen clips, but I try not to pay too much, uh, too much, oh my God, damn, this vodka melanate, (laughs) try not to pay too much attention to them and just scroll by if I saw it, because I knew I wanted to watch it at some point, and I didn't want it to be ruined, Um, but honestly, there's no amount of clips um, that could have prepared me for what that movie was, I... I've, I've never had my jaw hit the floor that many times and just stay open. Like so many times Blue and I were just like looking at each other. He hated it, by the way, like <laughs> like just the shock value of it all. I don't think he felt like it, it was like it was moving. It wasn't like shocking for artistic value. He just was not really feeling it. I... I liked it I think I'm gonna watch it again by myself (laughs) and so I mean I got the movie like I get it but I think if I can watch it again without the the shocking aspects of some of the scenes and the jarring nature of like some of the character development or lack thereof um I think I'm gonna appreciate it more for some reason but it was just a wild ride and it has Jacob Elordi, who, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, um, what's that show called on HBO Max? Euphoria. 
he was in some other like teeny bopper kind of movie called the kissing booth i think with jamie king at one point i didn't see it i know him from euphoria but uh, more recently he was in the new movie priscilla portraying elvis which i heard he did a really great job in um i mean he was pretty good on euphoria like he doesn't blow my socks off when i do see him do something but he's like all the rage right now young guy very very tall um handsome i guess um and he is uh he's not from america he's i don't know if he's british or if he's australian he's one of those so he's he's pretty good um but he's in it um what is that woman's name the one from gone girl uh rosamund pike um uh carrie mulligan is in it uh, some other people, and then there's this main guy, his name is Barry Kyogen, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, he's Irish, and uh, this is set in Britain, like, you know, it, it starts off in Oxford University, and um, so everybody in it is, you know, generally from there, so they get to just use their normal accent, but I think there's a couple of people in it who aren't um from the UK but they're donning a UK accent and then there's one person who actually is from the UK but he's donning an American accent which I mean you don't really see that as often right (laughs) so it follows the story you know what I'm gonna read you what the description of it says on Amazon Prime because afterwards when we read that after seeing it we were like that is like the most ridiculous way to describe this movie because it's just like a gross understatement and like oversimplification (laughs) but I guess you know that's part of it so anyway I found it it says that struggling to find his place at Oxford University student Oliver Quick played by Barry Keoghan finds himself drawn into the world of the charming and aristocratic Felix Catton who's played by Jacob Elordi Uh, who invites him to Saltburn, his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. It is rated R, should be NC-17 if you ask me. Um, It's just a little over two hours and it's um, billed as a drama comedy. Um, I would actually offer up it was a bit of a horror movie as well, but that's just my humble opinion. I can't even get into the details because I'm just startled by it. It was... (sighs) First of all, this Barry Keoghan guy, he's been in a ton of things, things I actually haven't seen myself. I've seen his face because you may not know him by name, but I think if you pulled up his face, he has a very unique face, Irish actor, like I mentioned. And I think you might just recognize him by his face, but maybe you're not too sure where you've seen him from. Um, I didn't even realize this, but he was in the recent reboot of Batman, the one with um, Robert Pattinson, and he's gonna be the next be like the 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 Joker for this like interpretation of Batman, and he had a little bit of a part in the first movie to kind of set it up, I guess. And I didn't even recognize him. Um, But he was in, let's see, he was in the Eternals, which is like a Marvel franchise. He was in Dunkirk. He was in the second part of Dune, or he's going to be in the second part of Dune. Um, 
and he was in this other movie uh the banshees of inishirin um and i heard he was really really good in that movie apparently he was um alongside colin farrell didn't see it but now that i've seen what this guy's capable of i may go back through his like filmography and and see what's going on because he's a fairly young guy and um i think he started off in a lot of like british films and television before making his way over here but he has a great range and I think he did a really good job of like keeping the viewer on their toes he's not afraid to like go there he seems very like comfortable with his body which it's kind of a movie he has to be (laughs) but um I don't know he's just and he's just very like he's just very nice to look at he's really handsome he's not like on the shorter side I think I looked up that he was 5'7 um but he's like very in shape he kind of has like a boxer's body and he has these really piercing like kind of like like beady blue eyes <laughs> and but he's like very like charming and like sweet i was looking at some of his interviews like every once in a while i'll watch a new movie or tv show and like one of the actors just sticks out to me and then i go down this rabbit hole of like who are they where are they what are they and i just i can't get off the roller coaster and i'm definitely on this roller coaster with this guy um he just seems very charming looked him up he's a libra so that checks and um i don't know like all his co-stars just like rave about what a great guy he is like they just have really good chemistry with him on a lot of his sets and um i mean of course you don't really really know the guy but i think he after this i think he's gonna really be picking up speed and he's gonna definitely be um a household name soon um yeah so this movie is has a lot of nudity in it very sexualized really fast paced a lot of drug use drinking um and it's just no holes barred i mean it's it it was giving talented mr ripley to me actually I won't say like I came up with that blue pointed that out that it was kind of like talented Mr. Ripley. And it's funny he said that because he said it within like the first 10 minutes and I didn't see it. It was for me. I thought it was going to be more like call me by your name, which had Timothy Chalamet and um, Army Hammer in it. And it was like this like summer whirlwind gay romance. And I thought it was going to be kind of like that, but like with a dash of. I don't know what, (laughs) but Blue clocked it really early on and it really was. It was like the talented Mr. Ripley. And then he kind of threw in the fantastic Mr. Fox as well, which is an animated movie, Claymation to be exact, which was also true. So it's just such a weird little mishmash of of type of style and storytelling and story in general. But I I just it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be and like every scene I'm just like oh my god oh my god oh my god is he really doing this are they doing this what is he doing stop stop and the scenes would go on for so long and I'm just like I'm not easily like I don't know stunned to the point of clutching my pearls but like I was really like oh my god you couldn't pay me to watch this movie with my mother or any other relative it was uncomfortable sitting there with my boyfriend like I just it was just so it was just so wild 
there were some loose ends that were a little weird at the end that didn't get tied up and it, it you know did leave more questions towards the end and I think some of it was open to interpretation and I feel like some things I understood one way and then Blue understood it another way so I don't know that's why I think I want to see it again after like having a conversation about it with Blue after and doing a little more investigating on the movie like online because um, you know the feds are always watching so as soon as I watched this movie I was just inundated with like all this salt burn conversation on my timeline so I was able to kind of do a little more digging and get some more opinions and read some think pieces so I think I will watch it again if you have literally nothing else to do and you have Amazon Prime I would recommend it if only to pass the traumatized um, baton to someone else just to imagine their face. Now there's like a trend going on where people who've seen it get other friends to watch it for the first time. And there's three distinct scenes that are like, what the F is happening? And they film their reactions to each of those scenes and everyone's face universally, mine included, was the same watching this. It was just so insane. But he did a really good job. And I feel like not a lot of actors could go there. I heard that they wanted Timothy Chalamet at first to play this role. But I think he's too, I don't think he could really go there where this guy went. Um, and I think they made a great choice. His chemistry with Jacob Bellorty was, was pretty good. The ensemble cast was really good. Um, and I think it was directed really well, if nothing else. And, um, you know, a lot of the shots were just really beautiful. Um, and I, I think that, that gives it worth a watch on its own. So check out Saltburn, be a part of that conversation I think you'll be changed after seeing it. <laughs> now, I feel like I've done more movie reviews and talked about stuff like that more than anything else on this uh, podcast, but I just have so much to say when it comes to them. I'm sure some of you have heard, a lot of you have heard that the musical version of Mean Girls is now in theaters. Um, mean Girls, the original um, was done in 2004 by Tina Fey and it was an instant classic if you ask any millennial and you know anyone who enjoyed it, it doesn't have to just be millennials but it's just it was such a great movie I was 15 when it came out and it tells the story of a girl who was homeschooled and living in South Africa with her parents she comes to the states um, in high school and she has to get folded into just regular American high school life. She's not very socialized and doesn't know anything trendy or what's popular or, you know, just the regular clicky stuff about high school. She's just like an alien, like one of the characters points out. And she goes to this school. She doesn't know anybody. She's like a lost puppy in this sea of like lions. And she meets these two outcast friends who start to take her under their wing. But then the, the group, the Plastics, gets their hands on her ultimately, decide it's their mission to take her under their wing, show her their ways, add to their little plastic bully army 
and things kind of fall apart from there once the girl the the new girl she starts to get a crush on the queen bee's ex-boyfriend hijinks ensue and it's just a really funny feel good like comedy great cast and it was just an instant classic in my eyes so many quotable lines on wednesday we wear pink that's so fetch stop trying to make fetch happen your hair looks sexy pushed back like all these things and it 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 was just a feel-good movie now you know at some point i'm not sure exactly when because i haven't seen the show and i'm only seeing more about it because it's being released in the theaters they turned it into a broadway stage production and they added music music to it it became a musical and it did really really well i heard and um i i think it's still being put on on the stage i think it's still doing well um got rave reviews the music was great they had a really great cast or they've had multiple great casts and now they've decided to take that musical of Mean Girls and put it back in the theater so uh, I first of all the marketing for this turned me off and I made an instant decision to not see this in the theaters the tagline for the promo is not your mother's Mean Girls and I'm like what the f do you mean by that like not your mother's Mean Girls like who is this marketed toward? Do you want the people who made it a hit to come see this or not? Do you want the people who like to go see musicals to see this or not? Are you billing it for just the teens and the tweens of today? Like, do not disrespect me like that. <laughs> like, not your mother's Mean Girls. What does that even mean? So that kind of put me off. Um, I also don't think that... Uh, I don't think things translate well when you take them from the stage and put them on um, the big screen. I think it has to be perfect to be well done. And they're rarely perfect. And I think that you can take a movie and put it on the stage and make it, I mean, it's going to be elevated because you're adding music and choreography and, you know, making little tweaks here and there. And, you know, you can probably make it colorblind and all kinds of stuff. So I think it translates that way. Um, but not the other way around. And I think it probably gets even more muddled and weird when you take a movie, put it on the stage and then put it back again. So I wasn't really entirely thrilled. I mean, I've seen clips of people who've been like illegally filming the stage when they've been seeing the show on Broadway and the music is killer. It seems cool. I wouldn't like turn down tickets to go see it. Um, but I don't think it's going to translate well on the screen. And I've already seen some of the reviews come in. They have, you know, stripped it down and made it too palatable. And they're not even really billing it as a musical. It's like you have to kind of know that it is. And that's like a trick that they do to get people in the seats. Um, they did the same thing with... Um, uh, dream girls. Like, I don't think like, if you know, you know, but if you don't, you think you're just going to go see this movie with Beyonce and, and Jennifer Hudson and whatever. But I remember distinctly being in the movie theater, seeing it and people around us were like, why do they keep singing? And I'm like, you freaking idiot. Like it's based on the Broadway play. Like let's get freaking for real here. So, but I think they do that on purpose. Cause it's like, well, people are going to buy the tickets. They may or may not stay. Like I know some people have walked out 
um, because they didn't expect it to be a musical. Um, but I'm thinking, what did you think? Like you thought they just remade Mean Girls and re-released it in the theaters like as it was like, of course, this is the stage play. But I I don't know. So I don't think it's doing very well. I heard that they like they stripped away what made it really work on the stage. They um, didn't hire like everyone in the cast or not everyone in the cast can like blow their face off and just sing the house down. So I hear that they have stripped down a lot of the songs and made them kind of like sing songy or talk like, you know, when you kind of talk sing, they're not really damn. You heard that? Shit, it's always some BS going over here. Excuse me. So they kind of like stripped down the melodies and made it very like talky, like sing songy, like, you know, just really basic, I guess, to fit the vocal abilities of some of the characters, some of the actors, I should say. Um, And it's just I don't know. I just like I said, I think it has to be perfect for it to work. And this I can already tell is just not really landing. I don't think. I don't see the point of taking it off Broadway and putting it back on the screen. Like, just let the magic of the theater stay where it is. Like, it doesn't have to. Like, who is this for? I feel like if you're a theater kid, you'll probably go see it. But those are the ones that are complaining about it the most. And you have the groups who didn't even realize there was music in it. And maybe they stayed for it and they ended up liking it. But a lot of people probably left and aren't going to really recommend it to other people. Um... I just I don't know and then on the red carpet for the premiere you have the original cast mixed in with like the original stage play cast and then the new cast of the play movie and it's just you know all these photo ops and I just I think it's so unnecessary it just doesn't look very good and what I thought was odd was that they're promoing it with Regina George, the Queen Bee, they're they're promoing it with her as the forefront and her as the main character. When in reality, it's really all about Katie, the new girl that comes from South Africa. But you wouldn't even know it because every promo just showed the girl who's playing Regina. Her name is Renee Rapp, and she's this really young um, singer. She can really sing. She has an album out. Um, apparently she did, um, did time, but she did, um, you know, a contract on stage as Regina George in the actual musical. So they brought her around for the movie, which is great. And she can sing, but I just don't really like her personally. I've seen her in interviews and she's just, I don't know. She's, she's not for me. I I can just fully understand that. Like I'm on the cusp of 35 and she's like, 23 very gen z very just i'm i have no connection to her at all so with her at the helm i can just kind of get a sense of what the rest of it is going to be like and i'm just really not interested i'll probably give it a try in the comfort of my own home when it's free i refuse to rent or pay for it just to compare but in the meantime i'm gonna hold the original mean girls in my heart i just i just i think they're messing with the classic as far as putting it in the theater now i will say I, i am interested in seeing the original like broadway version now 
um, to see what that's about. Now, I don't know why they couldn't just release the stage version somewhere for streaming like they did Hamilton. Like, I'd never seen Hamilton before, but they put the actual stage rendition on, you know what I mean? Like, on streaming, and I freaking fell in love with it. And I, I wonder why they don't do more of that. You know, just 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 keep it how it's supposed to be and just stream it on a different platform for people who can't make it to Broadway or, you know, maybe just don't want to do that and they want to watch it comfortably at home. I think they should do that. But like, imagine if they did Hamilton as a movie. Think how stupid that would look. Like, really just think about how dumb that would look with all the magic of how the transitions on stage were and, you know, how many uh, scenes involved, like, you know, different things going on and like the quick changes and like how literally one of the characters was the bullet. Like, imagine that being translated onto the screen. Like, I actually don't even want to say it out loud because they might actually do that one day and I will just... Hopefully Lin-Manuel has more integrity than that. But that's that's kind of the vibe. Like, just picture that, you know. I, I, just, I just don't think it works. But um, I'm going to continue to watch and read these reviews and, and see how it does. I think it just released this past week. So I'm really curious to see how the numbers do um, and see if it's as much of a success as I know they were hoping. I would rather they have done, and I think they did a Mean Girls too, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't see it, but I would rather they do a Mean Girls 3 than, than do whatever this is. It's it's a no from me, dog. <laughs> oh, the last thing I wanted to talk about is Gypsy Rose Blanchard. I have been like monitoring what's been going on with her since she got released. If you're not familiar with who that is, she's a young woman who uh, was involved in this huge murder situation of her mother. Her mother, uh, who was known as Dee Dee Blanchard, she suffered from probably a lot of mental illness, um, but definitely suffered from Munchausen's. And um, Gypsy Rose Blanchard then suffered, you know, Munchausen by proxy. And she grew up, you know, raising her daughter to believe that she was gravely ill, that she only had so much time to live. She manipulated the system as far as the doctors are concerned, Um, you know, falsified a lot of things. Um, which is really interesting because this girl, Gypsy, she had a lot of surgeries done on her, including like the, the pulling of some of her teeth for one medical quote unquote reason or another. Um, she, you know, was wheelchair bound. She had a lot of procedures done to her. She was on like those make a wish foundations. I believe the, um, Habitat for Humanity gave them a free house because of Gypsy Rose, like a wheelchair accessible free house that they built for them. And they got a lot of press. They got a lot of attention and money given to them um, because of how sick, um, you know, Gypsy Rose's mother portrayed Gypsy to be. Um, She often had her 
pretend to be younger than she was to get a lot of perks and sympathy. And there was just a lot of manipulation and torture, really, because, you know, getting unnecessary surgical procedures done to your body is has to take a toll, you know, and she was mentally abusive and you know, apparently physically abusive to her as well. And there was just many, many, many years of like isolation for her. And, you know, I think at a certain age, well, if you listen to her, like her, her interviews and testimony and things like that, Gypsy Rose said that, you know, they're growing up, she kind of suspected that, she wasn't really as sick as her mother was telling her that she was, but she was kind of afraid to speak up or if she would, her mother would just, you know, put the whole, put a stop on those questions and just, you know, tell her she's, you know, delusional or whatever. Um, and she just didn't know how to get out of the situation. You know, it was just, it was just really rough. And obviously her mother was suffering as well, but you know, Gypsy just, she just didn't know how to get herself out of the situation. So I guess as she got a little older, um, she started to seek out, you know, the outside world and communicating with people and using the internet to do that. And she met this guy and who was a little older than her, um, who apparently was like autistic and not very, not very bright, I guess. Um, not because of the autism, but just like additional things. Um, and they met on a chat room and they began like this romantic relationship. I think if you watch the Lifetime movie <laughs> with Jamie King, um, it seems like she orchestrated and, and kind of manipulated her mom into scenarios where she could like sneak away and meet the guy. Um, and they, you know, fell in love with each other. And in like an act of desperation, she began like plotting ways to, you know, get rid of her mom so she could live her life. And she, I mean, let the media tell it, you know, like they said that Gypsy manipulated this guy and took advantage of, you know, his diminished intelligence um, and his love for her to get him to actually murder the mom so I believe he stabbed the mom to death but Gypsy definitely like planned it because she let him in the house and you know she kind of was pulling the puppet strings on the whole thing the boyfriend his name is Nick something I forget but he got life in prison he's still rotting away in jail now and Gypsy Rose only got I think she got 15 years but she served eight um, with parole, I think, or she just got early release or something. Um, so she did her time too, but now she's out, um, after eight years and she's on the media circuit. She's on social media. She like Im immediately got an Instagram. She got, um, TikTok. She has a husband that she married while she was in jail and she's just, you know, being followed by the paparazzi she's doing podcast episodes she's on you know the view and good morning america and just all these media outlets like obviously they want to hear her story but she's she's i mean people seem to be kind of forgetting that she was a part of a murder now i know she did her time and you know you can kind of argue 
about it because of what she endured. I mean, when you feel like you have no way out, you're gonna, you know, maybe start to think of unthinkable ways to, to solve your situation, you know, but I think she came out of prison a little too hot. Um, you know, I mean, she was in prison and when she, you know, locked away and even when before she went to prison, before her mom was killed, you could say she was also in a type of a prison and she didn't get to lead a normal life. Now, I don't think you can be raised in a situation like that and not have it affect you mentally. I don't know what kind of therapy she's received since or now, you know, I don't I have no idea, but I, I'm a little surprised that her team just let her be completely open and free and line up so many interviews because now what's happening, which happens with a lot of people, people saw the Lifetime sh movie, people who didn't even know about her, they saw the Lifetime movie, which is, you know, pretty accurate, but you know, they, they, they fluff that stuff up and they put things in there for shock and entertainment value, but it turned a lot of people to Team Gypsy Rose, which absolutely what happened to her was awful, but you know, it turns into hashtag free Gypsy and people were counting down the days to her release, like, oh, she's going to be released. Oh my God. Like I'm obsessed with her. I want her to live her best life, which, you know, absolutely she should be able to, you know, get her life back on track. She's still young. She's She's only like 31, 32 years old, and she has a lot of life to live, and she can kind of put this behind her, but, you know, I've seen her <laughs> get caught up in weird things on Instagram, like her husband, you know, has an Instagram as well, and I think people were um, talking about his looks or something, or just kind of talking smack about him, and she commented under one of his pictures, like, oh, don't listen to the haters, babe blah, 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 blah. And she's like talking about their sex life and just, I don't know. She just doesn't really have any censorship over what she's saying. And there's like nobody in her camp that's like reeling her in. And I can understand her just letting it loose and just saying whatever because she's been so suppressed her whole life, even in prison, you know what I mean? But I feel like this is like a runaway train and it, it just feels like it's gonna crash and burn. And I just don't know how necessary it is to be booked on all these podcasts and to have like this free, complete access to, you know, social media, you know, it's not even like she has people posting on her behalf. Like this is literally just her saying anything she wants. And like I was, uh, my original point was that people were like team gypsy, team gypsy. They want her to get out and live her best life. But now a lot of people are turning on her because that's just kind of what happens. They'll build you up, they'll pump you up and then they'll flip on you on a dime. And I don't think that's healthy for her to go through either. So I'm just, I just think if I were like her PR manager, I would have her not go into hiding, but take a beat maybe <laughs> you know I mean there's I've seen her every day in the media since she literally walked out of the prison and got into her husband's car and I've seen like her pop up every single day doing something posting something on some interview some tv show some um you know timeline of mine just you know like her just being like yeah you guys can't hold me down I'm living my best life you know she's talking about how she wants to meet Taylor Swift and like I don't know and I know she's working on a book and 
it's just it's just a lot I would have her take a beat and I know people want to hear what she has to say I would have her do one interview like a month after her release and we would really be choosy about who got that interview where it aired the questions they could ask really review everything we're gonna say and just make it really revealing touching <laughs> um but not too not too much you know what I mean I wouldn't have her do any other kind of circuits it's just unnecessary and honestly kind of redundant I would limit her posting on social media. I would get her a social media manager who can approve stuff and just post necessary things because people do want to follow her and see what she's going up to and she see what she's getting up to. But, you know, it has to be done in the right way. You know, I, I, it feels like she's just going downhill with no breaks and I don't know the girl but you know feel a little sorry for her you know I I just feel like and I hope she just has good people around her who can make sure things don't get too out of control because she didn't have a childhood so I feel like she's probably really stunted in that way and now she has her freedom and she can literally do whatever she wants Um, and I just hope she makes wise decisions and I hope that she aligns herself with projects and things that are going to help her in the future when all this dies down. So, you know, she can't ride this forever. She did her time and we know what happened. She's, you know, made her peace with it, I guess. I just hope she doesn't rely too heavily on this social media stuff or like her pop culture popularity right now because it can all be taken in an instant I can already see people getting irritated with her (laughs) and not caring so I I have seen her on some of the interviews talk about how she wants to be an advocate for other people who are going through or have gone through what she has and that's the route I was hoping she was gonna take because she suffered something extraordinary and awful and she can really like start a foundation she could you know fund you know some organization maybe to you know I don't know help people get out of that situation that they're in maybe have like some kind of a housing project for them you know help them get resources I don't know she could be doing like really important things she could be going on like a a speech circuit she could be speaking at universities and speaking at I don't know where I don't know I'm not a professional but I just think she could be doing better things than the view and like these you know pop culture podcasts so that's just my opinion I think it's awful I don't think anyone deserves to be like murdered like that I think you know that's why she was talking about being a you know, advocate now and and helping with the resources and stuff for people going through it because she probably felt like she didn't have anybody to reach out to at the time. And maybe if she had, that would have made all the difference, you know, because at the end of the day, I feel like her mom really just needed help and she was suffering herself. And it was just a really unfortunate situation. Did her mom deserve to die? I don't think so. Um, And 
I, I just feel for everyone involved, even the ex-boyfriend, you know, because again, he's rotting away in prison. He was, you know, caught up in it. And now she's out. I mean, what if he's like in the rec room of his jail, you know, and he just there, they have the TV on and she's on the view talking about living her best life. You can't hold me down. And he's like still on his life sentence. Like that would drive me insane. <laughs> so not that she has to live her life according to how he's gonna feel but it's just it's just a hot mess express for everybody involved so I'm gonna be watching that closely just to see and I would um recommend watching the uh the act that's what it's called it was the lifetime movie special again starring Jamie King uh who portrayed her I mean she she really transformed into her because if you look at her in real life and you look at this it's exactly how she sounded and behaved so she did a really good job and it really um just goes into a lot of detail of what happened um and then maybe like watch one of the other documentaries about it because it was really it was really awful it really was that's why I'm, I'm so surprised like even after all this time, she's like so open and willing to just revisit it every single day with a microphone in her face. So I hope, like I said, she has gotten help and continues to get help because that's not something that just goes away. And I hope that she surrounds herself with people who actually give a shit um, because this could go left really fast. So yeah, I also hope, I don't want to be in their business like that, but I just hope she doesn't like get pregnant anytime soon because you know, I'm sure motherhood is great, but that could arguably be another kind of a prison. And I just don't think she needs to be dealing with that right now. So I hope that they're taking precautions. You know, she can live her best life, but like, you know, wrap it up. That's all I got to say. <laughs> hey guys, if you made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. From the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate it. Now there's a new episode every Sunday, so be sure to come on back for another round of Vodka Melonade. Bye.